Hello, and welcome to the Ben Like Bamboo show. To Ben Like Bamboo is to master change with flexibility. And on the show, I get to interview very special guests talking about all things resilience. And today I'm very proud to welcome Lisa Sweeney from Business in Heels. Welcome, Lisa. Hey, how are you, Amanda? Good, good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really pleased and proud to be here. Thank you so much. Let me introduce you properly. So Lisa Sweeney is the CEO of Business in Heels and Lisa works with businesses and professional women, enabling them to succeed in their goals. Today, the organization connects 160,000 in a collaborative community. Collaboration has enabled Business in Heels to grow and Lisa will share some of the learning over the last five years of growth. With 25 years of buying and sourcing experience and her own online business, Lisa has loads of expertise to share. Strategic planning, recognition, of business opportunities and developing them into a business and marketing Alisa's strength. So she loves the opportunity to share this with many collaborators and mentees. So Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, as I said, Amanda, very excited to be here. So five years, it's been five years since you've started the business. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Five and a half years, actually, but it's been fun. Who would have thought? I know. No, it's amazing. It's a wonderful business. I found you from about four years ago, we calculated. Mm. And I'm so um, pleased to be a part of the business as an ambassador. And um, I think that it's a really wonderful thing to empower women in business and to, and all the virtual events you're doing now, which we'll talk about. Yeah, it's great. And look, I think, you know, we're so aligned with you know, resilience is such a big part of women's journeys. Yeah. And I think being able to be resilient and to be real and authentic today are such a big part of, you know, what it takes to be successful. So, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. What gave you the idea of creating Business in Heels? Uh, we could just see so much um, inequality in so many different areas. And I guess it was just such an opportunity. We knew that if women got together, they could be really powerful but it was yep. breaking down some of those barriers. And I think what we're seeing today is, you know, that it's about sharing, you know, there's enough business for everyone, you yep. know, in career people need a cheer squad, you know, and we, we need to be more powerful. We're much more powerful together than we are all yep. in little bits and pieces, I guess. I totally agree. It can be a really solo journey, particularly being an entrepreneur or a business owner, small business owner and, um, more than ever now have we had to pivot and create new businesses after we've all what we've all been through in 2020 mm. <laughs> yes the year that we're all going to wish away quickly I think it's actually yeah. been a really positive opportunity for a lot of people though to yeah. do that work on their business and actually a lot of them have let frogged um you know into their future plan yeah. because they can they can how has business in heels had to pivot um in the last year I would, I would actually consider it a pirouette, really. I love <laughs> so, that. <laughs> a pirouette. So we have, we um, have probably have engaged with our audience as never before, and we needed to because so many people have been, you know, uh, facing so much uncertainty and needing to bounce ideas off. So pretty much from the beginning of March, we went straight into online events yep. and we've been having a coffee every week with people. Yep. Um, and actually we've seen people collaborate to the point where they've started new businesses together out oh, of cool. that particular coffee morning. Um, 
And then we bought our big summits online so people could workshop some of the things that were problem. Uh, and one of the other things we did was for business owners, we took our business building program into a boot camp so people could do 10 weeks working on their business to actually scale it up, get it going online, get their business plans together um, and really hit that online sales um, opportunity quickly because a lot of people were bricks and mortar, right, you know, and uh, yeah. had no scope to get clients. We even um, helped a travel agent. So uh, this travel agent in the south of um, New South Wales, she discovered her unique sales propositions all around golfing holidays. Mm. Now, you would think at the moment all travel agents are pretty quiet. Mm. She's organising a whole lot of unique golfing trips for people. See, this is what we've got to do. We've got to think outside of the box. And I've heard that's such a cool story. I've heard many um, similar stories where people have m- miraculously made a lot of profit just from the simplest idea of helping people during this time in a way that you would normally not think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's dive in. Tell me, what does resilience mean to you? Um, look, for me, resilience is all about keeping on going. It's about showing up and and dealing with things um, and being consistent, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I'd love for you to share something that you've been through with our guests today um, that you've had to overcome. Yeah, sure. So probably um, the biggest story, uh, it starts around in my 20s. And so it all starts with a single white female um, and I was actually living on my own and I was attacked. And so that was pretty traumatic. A guy came in, into my house, kicked the door in and held me at knife point while he ran. And so it created a whole lot of, you know, flow on effect issues. He took off with my dog and my car and I was, oh my I was God. actually out of town um, at the time. So then I had to like hike across these paddocks to the neighbours and scare them. And eventually, you know, police came and we got it. You know, the guy wasn't caught. Um, Did you get your dog back? Got my dog back. Thank God. You know, when, when you, spe- you said, when you spoke to me before we pressed live that you were going to talk about, I thought you meant bullying attacked online. So you were actually yeah. physically attacked. Yeah. I did not real wow. So um, you know, and so that was pretty amazing. So mm. from um for someone in their early 20s, I just moved out of home yeah. and then decided to move back into home. Yeah. Um, so I had a job um up in Bendigo. So then I moved jobs. I mean the company I was with was great. They moved me back down to Geelong. And so I probably had about a, you know, then a six to nine month period of well, I decided I'd take up karate because I felt that, you know, <laughs> well, having yeah. self-defense skills would be helpful. Definitely. Um, and I, yeah. And so, and I got, you know, to the point where I was probably a little bit very wary about being out after dark, but of course yeah. I was working in retail. So I often was out till, you know, nine, 10 o'clock at night because of store closures and stuff. So, um, you know, there was a period of time where I kind of was treading water while I was kind of processing this. Um, and eventually I went overseas. And so that was probably, you know, the pivotal time where I just, I made a decision at that point that I could let this be a problem for me, or I could just say that the person who had caused it really should have no, had no right to be influencing what I was thinking. And so I could either give them the power or I couldn't. And so I just chose to put it behind me and just say, you know, the majority of people are really nice 
you know, this person was not, mm. but I shouldn't judge everybody on the basis of that person. And mm. so, you know, I compartmentalized it and moved forward. And I guess, wow. you know, for me, um, you know, cause I love to travel. And so I did, um, so I was overseas and I was actually traveling around with the guy that I now married to. Right. Beautiful. But for a couple of months I took off by myself and so that was a real thing of, you know, can I do this? Can I be by myself? Can I travel? You know, is it safe? All that sort of stuff. And so, you know, and I'm absolutely learned to then trust my ability to read people. And I guess, you know, that was a big part of overcoming what absolutely. was, you know, potentially, you know, I could have dwelt on, and I see this a lot. And I guess, um, you know, the reason why I tell this story is I hope that other people can think about it from that rational point of view of, well, this person's getting a whole lot of airplay in my mind and they just don't deserve it. Absolutely. And it, every guest I speak to, it's, there's always a moment of choice. And that is, that's so profound that you, you realise that all on your own. And when we're stressed and we're in that survival state, it's very hard to remain connected within ourselves to connect to our intuition. So you had to retrain yourself to reconnect despite how stressful that was so that you could tap into your intuition and read people and trust yourself that you could read people. Not that that was even your fault that you misread him, you know? No, no not at all. Yeah. But I guess you still go through that process of trusting um, again. Yeah, exactly. It's all about trusting people. And um, wow. many of you who know me well, so a lot of people when I first told this story publicly who know me well were just totally surprised because I've travelled a lot, you know, for the next 25 years I then travelled mm. a lot by myself and, um, you know, people see me, I love people. And so, you you know, and I hadn't really thought about it much um, in that time. So I, I think it's important, but I do see people a lot now that get into bad ruts with this and dwell on stuff a lot. And stay in their heads. It's called pensiveness in Chinese medicine where we go over and over and we brood about it. And so therefore we're stuck in the past and we keep reliving the past and we create jail and heaven mm. and hell on earth basically. It can be very yeah. hard to come out of that mental grind. Yes. And so I think, you know, the more people can, um, you know, other people can do it, you can do it. Yeah, becoming yeah. aware of it's the first step, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. That you're in your head because you're not really aware of that you're in your head when you are in your head. And it's a matter of feeling the difference of being in your head versus dropping out of your head, more relaxed into your heart. You feel more open. You feel a bit more kind of like you've done an exhale, like you're on holiday. You know, you just feel safe as opposed to, you know, being on alert and constantly checking things and going over and over things in your head. Like I think we all know the difference between those two things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, before you recovered and before you made that choice, how did you feel when you hit your lowest point when it really sucked? Uh, look, probably um, confused and, um, yeah, it's probably scared, still scared yeah. of, um, you know, what could happen. Mind you, you know, the anticipation of fear is so, is so different to actuality, if you know what I mean. So, yes, you know, it's um, and so this is the problem, isn't it? You know, you, you can imagine so much more bad things for yourself than ever are likely to happen. Yeah, we imagine worst case scenarios when we perceive threat just in case they happen because it's the best way to survive. But is it? <laughs> sometimes, it, well, sometimes it is. 
Sometimes it's absolutely not. Um, and then you realized, tell me about that day. Do you recall that day of the moment of choice when you went, I'm not going to let this person live in my mind and I'm going to choose a better way? Um, not precisely. No, I couldn't tell you exactly where I was at that time, but it'd certainly been building for some time. Yep, yep. That, you know, um, that really I was never going to be the martial arts expert, nor, you know, and so what, what was I going to do? And was I really going to, you know, live my life? Not that um, I'm stupid or unaware, but it's just, you know, was I going to live my life dwelling on this sort of stuff? It is a progressive I, thing, yeah. Yeah. And I think, look, it's a, it's a problem-solving mechanism and I use it on lots of problems. So I don't, I hadn't really reflected on it until um, more recently that um, the amount of time you dwell on a problem actually uh the longer you dwell on it, the longer the, a problem lasts for you. The ability to stop, identify it, and actually move into um, calm problem solving is actually a, a very much a skill for business. And so business owners can adapt on that particular score. Absolutely. And like, but, you know, and not dwell in that moment of the pain. Absolutely. And it's only when we're calm and we're back to being present in our bodies um, are we in our most creative state where we can problem solve? Whereas when we're in our heads, we're stuck in the past or overthinking the future and we're not in our most creative state at all. Yes, exactly. At all. So it was a progressive change. Just over a period of time, you just decided, I'm not going to let this beat me. Correct. And, and how guess, this, go, sorry, go on. And I guess then the decision to tra do that travel by myself was a bit yeah. of like, let's push it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then that was proof to your brain I, I am safe. I am safe. And that's what we need to do sometimes. The brain needs to see the proof that, oh, yes, nothing bad happened. Oh, yes, nothing bad happened. But I leaned into uncertainty and nothing bad happened. Um, I think it's really important to do something every day that scares us, don't you reckon? Yeah, to a certain extent. <laughs> to a certain extent. <laughs> Keep pushing those boundaries. I decide I'm not going to do bungee jumping. <laughs> no, 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 not to that extreme. I mean more like go to the bottom of your to-do list and push it up to the top. And I mean, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me what well, we've spoken about your lowest point. We've spoken about a turning point. Tell me how is your life better now having gone through that? Uh, I think my ability, as I said, to cope with problems. So probably uh, in my career, I've dealt with a lot of problem solving and that's something I'm well known for and for my calm attitude with it and so there's a it was a, a classic time where we were on a, a worldwide trip and I had a whole team with me and we got stuck in one particular airport and for whatever reason the travel agent just hadn't ticketed one leg for me everybody else was fine all right we were trying to get on to Australia at midnight to a travel agent to get that ticket bit fixed back when you couldn't book things online yeah and um you know, everyone like, you're very calm about this. And it's like, well, they're either going to fix it or they're not. Yeah. I'll be on the next flight or I won't. And, you know, we'll just work through each one a step at a time. So and important. I get, yeah. So they're, they're probably some of the skills that I had learned as a result of this. It's really hard to control our emotions when we're stressed, isn't it? Yeah, I think. And look, I think the more that you can get a grip on that and just go, well, you know, so what's the worst? You know, quite often people are so stressed about something, right? And you, you're just thinking, well, the world's not going to end. Somebody else has got a bigger problem than you. 
you know, try and put it in perspective for what it is. Yeah. Um, that can be really helpful. Absolutely. And and sometimes if you just wait 24 hours and, you know, revisit the problem tomorrow, it often doesn't feel anywhere near as worse as, as it did in that moment because maybe that moment triggered off something much deeper than what the problem really is. And maybe it's just a matter of sitting with that. And, yeah, if we could just um, learn how to process and um, move through our emotions more effectively, gosh, we would save so much more energy and time. Mm. And I think it's about also taking a different perspective. Yeah. You know, so my perspective in that event was, you know, of what happened to me. Yeah. And if you can just take a different perspective of, well, by me dwelling on that and what happened to me, I'm actually giving the person that perpetrated it all the power yeah. and me none of it well you know then I had that choice but prior to that I was more thinking of what it, what it is from my perspective and I guess if you can you know reframe your thinking a little bit then you then have that choice it's a it, you it was a lesson of power for you wasn't it yeah or control or whatever um and you would never wish that on anyone at all um and if it was a lesson of power, what did you learn? Um, that I'm in control of my own destiny. Mm, I am in control, not that That's I'm out it. of control. And you had to feel out of control to learn what it feels like to be back in control, right? Mm, something like that. The power of polarity. Um, amazing. So um, are there three tips that you can share about being more resilient with everyone today? Yes, absolutely. Um so my, my three tips, it all starts with having a go. So to your point about pushing those boundaries, you've got to have a go. Um, and then be, face, be calm in the face of adversity, whatever that looks like. And just there's always a positive way you can, you can move through things. So just take it, you know, one step at a time. And whatever you do, just be proud of yourself for making the effort. Yeah, kinder to ourselves. It's so important. You know, we all have very high expectations, but if you can just be proud of um, having a go and making the effort, then if it doesn't always go perfectly, at least you've had the go. I love it. That's very inspiring. That's very inspiring. Thanks, Lisa. Now, you've just launched a new book. We have. We have. So it's a a book called Raw, so it's very um, appropriate for this particular topic. Beautiful cover. I love it. Thank you. And it's all about nine resilient women's tales. So uh, mine's in there as well. Uh, Beautiful. So there's more detail in there. But uh, you'll find it's a really good read because um, which whatever's happened to people, I guess empathetically you want to be able to resonate with different things and how to move through it. It gives you different strategies and different ideas. And, you know, today I think with COVID nobody would ever have expected how many different um, angles things would come at people from, Um, you know, and you see even like the, you know, the craziest tensions going on at the moment, largely because people are are so restricted or feeling so restricted. So, um, you know, people doing crazy things. So I guess it's um, probably timely. So it's a great read. Uh, It's on our website if people are interested in getting hold of it. Businessinheels.com. Yes. Um, Oh, that's so fantastic. And well, what do you think the next year looks like for Business in Heels now that you've had so much pivoting and we've all been through 2020? What does the next year or five years look like for you guys? Look, it's very exciting. And so we're doing all sorts of great things around engagement. 
Um, and we were just talking. So one of the things we love to do is help women grow through mentoring. And we've found that um, at the moment, whether you're a business owner or whether you're a career woman, not enough women are accessing it. So less than 50% of women are getting access to a mentor. And they're people that have, you know, been before you, done different things, just can share advice on what you're doing. Um, and I just think it's such a great opportunity. So we, we've got our mentor mornings that we run regularly and people can come along just for an hour and access this discussion with an amazing um, woman who's done all sorts of stuff. Um, but we're going to take that international. So we were just talking um, last night about doing that internationally. So maybe we'll have a group set up which will run from the US to UAE. And it might be the starting point for people actually taking their businesses more globally. Because one of the biggest things that stop people from going globally is you don't know who to talk to, right? And suddenly you'll start making those great connections. Yeah. You'll have a mentor that might be, you know, super keen to help you get connected. So, yeah, um, yeah we're looking at uh, rolling out more and more of these initiatives so that people, particularly in this new online space, yeah. Um, yeah. can actually take their business wherever they need to. Because uh, yeah. there's people over the world that want to do business with people. So. Yeah, absolutely. More than ever now that things are so virtual. That's right. Business and is so virtual, yeah. It's interesting, you know, we've been doing, um, com you know, online calls from all different countries and, you know, the problems are so similar, you know, in so many different mm -hmm. countries. You know, I was on the phone the other night, someone in Poland, they were about to go back into lockdown, Canada just had, and, you know, they're all, you know, bemoaning the different things, but it's, it's all very similar and we're all dealing with much the same problems. So I think it's been an interesting um, impact globally. I think more than ever, this will make yeah. hopefully more of us, you know, be more supportive and, um, yeah. you know, of one another. Yeah, and more compassionate and connected. We're realising we're more connected than ever before and we always have been, but, like, it's so much more obvious now. And in the same way when, you know, I had to lose the feeling of my body when I was paralysed to really realize wow like it's you really need two hands and two <laughs> arms and two legs to dress yourself and wash yourself you just don't think about these things until you lose it right so mm. now that we're all coming back and you know I think there's going to be a lot of joy and to come out of this really difficult time I think the power of polarity does that I know anytime I've gone through a really difficult time it's always followed by equal joy mm, exactly and I think people you know, hopefully we'll choose to lead a, a simpler life. Yes. You know, many people have been forced into it and yet they're loving yes, it. Yes, but they'll be happier. Yeah. So, you know, do we need all the stuff? Do we mm. need to be travelling everywhere? Do we need to, you know, for work and all no, the pressures yeah. and all that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, you know, maybe virtual events are going to save us a lot of time. I'm finding them so exciting. Like I'm loving the, we can, we, we, it's global now. It's so much easier to access. There's so much more we can do. There's so many people that can get involved at the same time. It's so, there's so much opportunity in it. Uh, yes, we've got to learn new things and software systems and, but it's all doable. Um, but if you can also simplify your business at the same time and maybe just narrow down on those one, two or three things that you know you're really good at, it's, I think that you're going to be more successful anyway. Anyway. yeah absolutely and then collaborate with the people who are good at the other yeah. things around you so that it's not all about you know you can hone in on what you do best yeah and find wonderful associations like you know business and heels that helps you to connect with or like-minded people just like that 
exactly. Love yeah. it. Well, thank you, Lisa. It's so great to have you on the show today. I, I really admire you and what you've what you're doing with Business in Heels. Thanks, Amanda. And you know, you are just such a great example of a super resilient person. So what a great what a great title for your podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening today. And no matter what you are going through, you can overcome it. See you next week.